this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. If you want to join me, you can look in Psalm 27. If you're not familiar with where Psalms is, the book of Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible. You can just open it up in the middle if you have one of those old-fashioned book-type Bibles. Or otherwise, you can look in the app, and uh, Psalm starts with a P. Some people don't really know that, you know, because it's a silent P, but it's, it is there. Um, so um, last week, as we were doing set up, uh, the word had spread that Kobe Bryant had been killed in a helicopter accident. And over the course of the day, we found out more and more information on this, that not only was he killed in it, but his daughter was also with him, one of his daughters, 13-year-old Gianna, and then I think seven other people. I think there were a total of nine people that died in the helicopter crash. And it, it's, it's a worldwide event when that happens because he was such a large figure in our world today. And um, I didn't mention it last week um, because I was processing it just like you. But as I processed it this week and, you know, see in the news a lot of responses that people are having from it, it is um, humbling and it is just, just eye-opening to see people like Shaquille O'Neal, who's larger than life, you, you know, breaking down as they remember their, their friend. And, and even him saying... You know, I wish I had talked to him more and uh, the things that we used to argue over, um, they aren't that big of a deal. And him giving advice to people, and people listen to Shaquille O'Neal, right? Because he's famous, right? And so his, his words carry a lot of weight. And so he was telling them, redeem the, the time that you have. You know, go hug someone, tell them you love them. And that seemed to be the narrative that most people were saying, that, you know, the days are short. We don't know when it's going to happen. A couple of things that caught me off guard, or not caught me off guard, but I noticed and I thought, you know, I, I know why they're saying that, but from a gospel standpoint, we can get deeper. Like uh, Jimmy Kimmel said, uh, this is a tragedy, and, and everything he said that I, I agree with, so I'm not condemning what he said. I, I think he did a great job in his tribute to Kobe. Um, but he said something, you know, this is a tragedy, and all the things that we know is true, um, all the things we know are true. And he said, there's no silver lining to this. It's just a tragedy. And I think that's true if you don't have Jesus in there. Now, I don't think that it was necessarily Jesus' plan for the helicopter to crash and for his life to be cut short. I don't think God is looking upon a tragedy just like he doesn't look upon us losing Sean to cancer or Sierra. He doesn't look upon the loss of life as something that is good part of his plan. But we have a God who takes the tragic and he somehow is able to use what is happening in our world that is tragic to come to an ultimate good. Here's the thing that is really on my heart to share with you, our church family tonight, 
is that no matter if you're 41 years old like Kobe with a beautiful family and seems to have really been at the peak of his life and enjoying time with his family, or whether you're 99 years old and you've lived the good life and it's just your time to go and people come to the funeral and they almost celebrate, right? Because you're like, she lived to be 99. It was a great life. It doesn't matter when you go. Death is tragic. It's tragic. I've already thought about my 94-year-old grandmother. I know I'm probably going to be asked to say words since I'm the pastor in the, in the family. And so I'm going to be asked to say words, and I'm still, I know what I'm going to say. I've actually thought about it. It's tragic. My grandma used to be young and vibrant and full of life, and now she's old and vibrant and full of life. <laughs> I still played cards with her when I went back for my, my uncle's funeral a couple weeks ago, and she's sharp as a tack, uh, she would say. And, uh, and she, is, she is. She's great. Uh, but death is tragic. It's not the way God intended it. That's not the way he originally designed it. And so if you're building your life around a person or an idea or anything other than God and the word of God, then you are setting yourself up for tragedy. There has to be something that we center our lives on. Your career, your school. I mean, I know when I was a teenager trying to figure out just who the heck I was, I mean, I, I just, I mean, some things that I look upon, look back on now, and I think, that used to stress me out, really? That was nothing. They were huge back then. It's because that's a part of progressing through life as we grow. Things are monumentally huge for us at certain moments. And I don't want to make light of those, just like I'm probably, I'm 41, or no, 42, sorry, I forgot, 42 now. You know, you forget when you get to a certain age, they just stop becoming fun birthdays anymore. Um, and so, uh, 42 years old now, and I know that when I'm 82, if I'm blessed to live that long, I'll look back and think, eh, I used to stress about the most foolish of things. And so tonight, I want to encourage us with the Word of God from Psalm 27, because we need it. I need it, and you need it. We need our lives to be centered on the Word of God because there are going to be some things that happen in our lives that, you know, when someone big like Kobe, you know, big name that impacted many of our lives um, just through watching him and, and being a fan of his, um, that's, that's big. But there are going to be times when we're going to lose people. We're going to be the ones that are lost and the people that love us are going to have to deal without having us anymore. So what are we going to do? Who's going to always be there for us? Jesus is going to be there for you. That's how we're going to end up in the sermon. It's going to come back to Jesus. He's always going to be there. But look with me in Psalm 27 because this will encourage us as we look at this. Psalm 27, verse 1. This is a psalm that is written, we believe it was written by David, possibly David and another author, and it was put together possibly by a guy named Asaph who put together David's words in that. So if you look in your scripture and it says a psalm of Asaph, it doesn't mean Asaph wrote it, it just means that he's the one who recorded it. And so they believe that there was this, um, I can't remember the exact incident, but there was an incident, I believe, in one of the Chronicles, First or Second Chronicles, where David was being chased by one of, of Saul's um, you know, generals, and he was being pursued to kill him. Saul was trying to kill David, and David is writing this, and he's in a situation that would cause any of us a lot of stress. I mean, we're having someone chase us down to kill us, I'm going to be a little nervous about that, and I'm pretty sure you would too. So he's going through a real issue, and he's writing these words about God. He starts off by saying, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it's my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, think about that. When they advance against me, it's them that are going to fall. They are going to be the ones to fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Do you think he ever had fear? Say yes. Yes. He had fear. What is he doing here? He's speaking hope and victory over his life. He's saying, my heart will not fear. And some of us need to adopt this language in our life. I will not fear. I will not be afraid. I will not get stressed out. I will not worry. Even in the midst of our worrying, we can say these things to speak truth over our lives. He says, though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You, Lord, have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. My kids know that often for me, that I've not necessarily left them or forsaken them, but I've disappointed them. I think it was a few weeks back I said something like, yeah, parents, you know what it's like when your kids stress you out or whatever we got home, and they're like, and parents, you know, and parents stress you out too. <laughs> like, okay, good one. I think uh, one of them actually said that during church and made Carrie giggle. Um, he's giggled? Yeah, giggle. We'll say giggle. Uh, and he says, uh, so anyway, uh, though they may forsake me, Lord, you, ne- you never will. He says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. These are lies, is another translation there. I remain confident of this. Though all these things are happening, I remain confident of this. With all the stuff that's happening, people lying about me, people trying to kill me, all these things happening, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is something I'm confident in. And then at the end, he closes it out. He says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. There are a few things in this psalm that are worth spending a lot of time in. And we won't do that tonight. So I'm going to pick just a couple of things. Number one, if you want to write this down, you can. We'll look at, it comes from verse 1. It says, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. And I would just ask you, is he the light of your life? What does light do? It illuminates what is around us. We need light in the darkness. 
We live in a dark world, a world that is in many ways without the presence of God in totality, without the acknowledgement of God as God. We live in a world that likes to exalt things that are not worthy of worship. We live in a world that likes to steal the attention away from the only one who is worthy of our worship. And so who are we looking to, what are we looking to, to illuminate the path for our life? Who are we looking to? Is it the Lord? Or are we looking to something else? The second thing is salvation. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. One of the interesting parts that caught my attention of the different ways people are grieving the the loss of Kobe is I read an article Shaquille O'Neal caught my eye I mean it's just it's just fascinating human being he's like seven foot twelve right I know that's eight feet tall that's funny he, he's a huge massive man right and and so he's fascinating to begin with I actually saw him one time when I was driving a yellow cab a few years back and I was driving one of those smaller yellow cabs the SUV ones the little Ford Escapes and they're tiny tall people if you're over six foot tall then you don't like to get in those cabs because you don't have any knee room for your knees. It's, it's, t- it's tiny. I got no problem, you know, but, but I hear from others that are tall that they don't like it. You know, rumor has it. And so I saw, I was, I was pulling around uh, Columbus Circle, going up Central Park West, and I think that's, it's the Trump Hotel right there, the big gold gaudy looking thing. And so he, he, there, there's this big, huge man that gets out of this huge SUV. And I'm like, man, that guy is huge. Not like, like huge, but like huge, right? And um, the, you know how the, a lot of the cab drivers, they'll have the seat in the front seat tilted forward so that it gives you a lot of room. So the, I could see the front seat was forward and leaning forward like this. And Shaquille O'Neal was getting out, and it looked like he was still trying to get out of a little sardine can. It was still hard for him to get out. And I was like, that's Shaquille O'Neal. And that's why I was looking at him. I'm thankful I didn't hit anything because I was just looking at him the whole time. And so I'm fascinated with him. He's, just, he's larger than life. But, but he's, um, he's made a lot of comments. You can kind of track his progression as he's grieving uh, Kobe's death. And, and one of the things that, I, that caught my eye was he bought a laptop for someone in Best Buy. Somebody came up to him in Best Buy and said, hey, Shaq, you know, I know you just lost your sister to cancer recently and, and Kobe and just said nice things to him and comforted him. And, and, and Shaq was like, what do, you, what do you got there? Computer? He said, pick out the best one here. I'm going to buy you a computer. And he bought him a laptop. I was like, that's a really nice thing to do, right? And I, I just thought about that as, I, as we're doing that. I mean, these type of events where we lose people causes us to come face to face that our mortality is also coming. It's there. So what are we going to do with the time we have left? And he was doing a good deed. Now, if we're not careful, what we will do is we'll start taking these good deeds and those will become our salvation. We'll start doing these good deeds and then now we'll think we'll stand before God one day and say, but I did good things. I did good things. And that's great. I hope you go out and do good things. If you can buy somebody something like that and bless them, bless them, do it. But don't you dare let that become your salvation. It's a slippery slope. We can start to do good things and become better people. And now instead of trusting in the Lord for our salvation, we're trusting in ourselves because now we're doing good and we've turned our lives around. And it all comes back to the gospel. It all comes back to what God has done for us. The only hope I have, the only hope you have, the only hope Kobe has and Shaq has is Jesus Christ. 
is the grace of God, the mercy of God, because we cannot be good enough on our own to be saved. But praise be to God, Jesus has done it all for us. Amen? He's done it. He's come and he has made a way for us to be right with him. He is our light and he is our salvation. He has done it all for us. He, and the last one is this. The Lord is my stronghold. Usually when I think of the word stronghold, I think of something I'm struggling against. That it's got a grip on me like a sin of pride or anger or whatever it may be that I'm struggling with. That it's just a stronghold. I'm wrestling against it. I want to get free from it. Lord, give me deliverance. Here it's saying, I, or, or the Lord is my stronghold. That he's this over me. Now, this word stronghold is used in other parts of the Old Testament as well. And it's basically two Hebrew words that are put together to give us the English translation stronghold. And what it means is that the first word means that it is a, a place to flee to, to run to quickly. The first part of this, which is the opposite of what most of us feel like doing when we sin against God, right? When we feel like we are unworthy, we typically respond like Adam and Eve and we go and we hide from God. But actually, we should be running to him. And especially when we, well, not especially, but also, because especially would mean that even more so, and I don't mean that. So when we've sinned, we should run to God. And when we're in trouble, we should run to God. So equally is what I would want to say there. Equally, we should be running to God. And so this stronghold means that we are to be running quickly to God. I still remember the first time we got Carly. Carly's my little, well, she's not so little anymore, but she was a little miniature golden doodle. Now she's 55 beautiful pounds of golden doodle. And so she brings joy to my life. But I remember we, she was a puppy. We went down to Miami for a little while and went to a dog beach. And there were these mean dogs, stinking mean dogs. And they were chasing her. And they were, they'd actually, one of the dogs had gotten a little fluffy little dog in his mouth and was like, like that. And thankfully the dog's okay. You know, sometimes I tell stories and don't finish them. So the dog's okay. But we were keeping an eye on these dogs. And it started chasing Carly because, you know, they're dogs. They go all over the place. And she just made a beeline for me and outran these two dogs and ran and just jumped into my arms. Not Carrie's, not the kids. She ran to Papa Bear, right? And she wanted me to save her. And it was probably the most endearing thing that a dog has ever done. And I was like, I'm never letting you go again. You know, and, but that's the way we should be with the Lord when we get in trouble, when we're worried, when we're depressed. Run to God. Run to our Father, because He is our stronghold. He's the place for us to run to quickly. Don't pray about it or think about it. Run to Him. Pray to Him. Don't pray about running to God. Run. Get to Him quickly with all of your... That is who you need. As loyal as people in this church are to you, and as much as we love you, we can't be everything for you. We can't be there all the time for you. But you are never alone, because God is always there with you. Run to Him. The second part of this is that it's a place to run to quickly. The second part of this is beautiful as well. It's this inaccessible place, this secure height or retreat. It's inaccessible, which means that your enemies can't get to you. Not inaccessible to you. It's accessible to you. You run to it quickly. But once you're in the presence of God, you're untouchable. Nobody can get you. You're safe. It's a, you're in the safety of God's presence. He is the stronghold of your life. We need to 
remember this because the enemy will try to speak against this. And he will try to have you fearful. And both of these in the first verse, they say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When you have that down, you're strong. So we're going to finish with this. We're right on time. You're doing a great job listening. I'm proud of you. I love you. If you are in Christ, this is what's true about you. If you are not in Christ, which in Christ means if you're not acknowledging Jesus as my light, as my salvation, as my stronghold, then you're not in Christ. It's not just something that's applicable to the world as a out there. It's something that you have to say, yes, Lord Jesus, I receive you and I call you my Lord. You are my light. You are my salvation. I belong to you. Everything of me is now yours. And when we repent, we turn from the world. Repent is an action. We turn away from it and we turn to God and we say, God, do with me whatever you want. I'm yours. I've been bought by Jesus. Then all of this comes true. Everything that is of God becomes ours. We become heirs with him. We are untouchable in his presence. We are favored. We are chosen. God's power is with you. It is for you. And God's power, check this out, is living in you. The Holy Spirit. So we're going to close by saying this. I want you to repeat after me. If you're uncomfortable saying these things, don't worry about it. There'll be enough people saying it with me that nobody will even notice. You can just mouth it if you want to or just look at me like I'm foolish. I'm fine with all of it. I've been married a long time. I know what that looks like. All right? I say things and Carrie's like, That's, you shouldn't say that anymore. But this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So we're going to start with the knots. I am not. And then I'm going to say, I am not whatever. You say, I'm not whatever. Okay? If you want to. Here we go. I am not weak. I am not helpless. I am not afraid. I am not uncertain. I am not defeated. I am not alone. I am not in danger. I am not broken. I am not lacking anything good. Now we're going to go with the I am's. Because of who Christ is and because of who we are in Christ, I am strong. I am confident. I am victorious. I am confident. I wrote it twice. <laughs> so confident in that one. Let's do it twice. I am safe. I am secure. I am protected. I am lifted up. I am joyful. I will see the goodness of the Lord. And I will wait on the Lord. We're talking about in this sermon emphasis for the next few months about being a servant and what that means. And you can't truly serve others if you're needing something from them. You can't. You can't serve other people if you're needing something from them. But when the Lord is your light, and when the Lord is your salvation, and when the Lord is your stronghold, everything you need belongs to you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah? I got two of them. Hallelujah? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. You are good. You are holy. You are just. You are righteous. You are merciful. You are gracious. God, you are 
everything that we could ever want if we knew what we wanted. God, you are everything we need. Lord, I pray that you would speak victory over our hearts tonight, that you would draw us closer to you, and that tonight as we leave this place and go about our business, Lord, that we would proclaim that you are good, that you are our light, you are our salvation, and that you, Lord, remind us, you, you, you are our stronghold. In Jesus' name, amen.